Hey, welcome to Street Fight. That was the fucking most radio way to come into Street Fight. I don't know. I've been podcasting so far for, you know, since I've been awake. So maybe I've just turned into a hard rock radio DJ. It is me, Brian. I am here to uh, talk about stuff, uh, current stuff with Alan Siegel from The Ringer, right? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I listened to your um, oral history of Better Call Saul. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I went through a whole fucking thing, right? Where like at the end of Better Call Saul, I think I was like trying to recapture that feeling at the end of Breaking Bad, where it was like the whole world was kind of like just talking about this one thing. So I went on... I spent like a lot of time on Spotify just listening to things specifically about Better Call Saul. It wasn't the same, but uh, it was nice. Yeah, I think like I, I remember like whipping through Breaking Bad. Uh, I think I was maybe two or three seasons behind and I watched the whole series in about a week and a half. And it was probably a little too much like in t- intensity wise. And then. But it's funny. I don't feel like rewatching that show as much as I do Better Call Saul. It's like a little slower mm. paced, but in, but in a in a good way. Um, it, I feel like by the end of Better Call Saul, it almost became more like Breaking Bad, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I have to say, and this is not the popular, especially in my circles, thing to say, but I I I think Breaking Bad was better. But also, like maybe that is also just a time it was just at a period where you were like binging a lot more they stopped they that was when they were like netflix was like we'll put we'll put it all on there you can watch it all in like however much time so me and the wife watched like the first three seasons like and then waited for the fourth season to come out and that's like largely over at this point (laughs) Yeah, and like I feel like Breaking Bad is so maybe this is like a you know too fancy a word, but it was like very propulsive. So like you start it and you don't want to fucking stop. And then like I mean, people sort of talk about Walter White like being a toxic character, but like you do like you kind of get fired up when you watch that show in a way um, that's sort of unlike a lot of other shows. Now I think there are deeper, more interesting shows, but there's like there is like a high to watching that show. I would say, yeah. It just was more fun. I'm, I'm, I really am like one of those. Uh, uh, I'm a, what, what's the word? I'm, I'm like a dude that really likes uh, speed in a way. I guess is the best way for me to describe like the kind of guy I am. Where like uh, the things that I tend to enjoy are loud and and just too much. I generally like too much. Like I liked. Uh, that goddamn Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, uh, my wife fucking hated it. The Mandy. That is just this fucking movie that is, it starts and it's violent and violent and violent and then it ends. That's what I like. I, I've said this before in the past when it comes to television. It's like, I think I like stuff with guns. I think like, <laughs> I like stuff that, 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 that like, I don't know. I don't like like uh, uh, I have been watching something recently that I don't know if a lot of people are watching that uh, I think is good, very good and deserves a ton more attention. But it's also like 
completely not it's called uh rogue heroes huh and it's about yeah. the found it's from epics which i will and which i will presumably during <laughs> this uh uh vacation i'm on be made fun of for having uh <laughs> <laughs> like uh, but, but I, I'm doing a show with Mike and Jesse from YKS on uh, uh, Wednesday, where I'm fairly fucking certain they're gonna make fun of me for having epics again. Uh, but like, it's about the founding or like the beginning of the SAS, the British oh, wow. Intelligence Service. But it's like done in such a way that it's like an action show that's sort of like real macho and divorced from what I believe to be the reality of the founding of the essay. <laughs> well, that's why it's good TV, right? It's, it's not, they're not uh, beholden to like actual events. Yeah. It's not, it is propaganda, obviously. Sure. Cause I think about when I'm, you know what I think about when I'm watching this show is like, what if like, could they do this even with the CIA? in the united mm. states like what if the like the question is what if they did that but to me it's like it, it the question to me is more uh could they do that would people accept that what's the movie is it the good shepherd about the cia i think the, yeah. the starting of the CIA, and it's like it kind of was like an adult drama and i don't know that it i mean <laughs> yeah it, it's not quite as uh as exciting as anything like a TV show. <laughs> it's just yeah, funny. Well, this yeah, show yeah. is so like, it's, it's just a, it's basically about these guys out in the middle of Africa, uh, doing these missions to go blow up air Nazi airplanes mm. basically when they're on the ground. So they can't take off and they they're told to like, sort of do whatever it takes. They, they don't have to follow any rules. So it is, it is like, again, it's almost like if, they if we did an american series about the cia that's like wasn't it great when they could just fucking you know do mk ultra and get away with it i mean the thing is though if someone did that well they could get away with it like i mean top gun 2 was you know like how clearly my, that was. My, hey yeah listen to me my favorite yeah. movie of this year and, i mean and it's up there for I heard, me too yeah i heard so much many people say i can't believe all of these uh uh leftists are going to see uh <laughs> top gun and i was like well you know number one uh it's it's truly the concept of the movie is is very funny to me it is a a movie with more sub subtext than a lot of like uh uh you know, then like whatever tar is or whatever that movie is or tar a or whatever the fuck that movie is. It just <laughs> everybody's talking mark. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has like all this subtext of like this movie is about like basically how cool is Tom Cruise? Like it is a movie about made by a guy mm -hmm. uh, produced by a guy who is definitely just trying to show you how cool he is and this has been a tom cruise trend that i have loved he you know what the other series was was jack reacher 
I was just going to bring this up. One thing in Jack Reacher that is very funny, and I, I admit I don't really remember exactly the scene, but there's a scene I think where he walks into a bar. And all the women like turn like they're like that he's the hottest guy in the world. And he's like 52 years old. Like, it's just really funny that he even like until fairly recently was like playing himself up like he was the hottest man in the world at, you know, but I feel like Top Gun Maverick at least like slightly acknowledges his age. Like, like I realize the bar is very low, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just one of those movies that's like, man. So most of it, and it also says a lot about kind of what, it also says a lot about like m- the movie business. I felt that like uh, in Top Gun One, they're they're against the Russians and they're chasing these like Russian MIGs or whatever. And in Top Gun Two, and this is I I hate to be like this is like a comment on what like capitalism or consumerism and stuff like that. In Top Gun Two, there's not the bad guys are unnamed. Right, they're like non-playable characters or whatever. It's like a, the, the planes are black, and they're and it's not even like yeah, like uh, you know. I think people were writing articles like, "What country are they from?" Some of them were kind of tongue in cheek, but it just was really funny because it. But it works, and I don't quite know why. I, I'm curious to hear what you what you think about why, like the, how they pulled that off without it seeming fucking stupid. For me, it was funny, and that was like the thing that it, it, like I think this movie is almost like sort of ironic in in a small way and that like yeah we're not gonna say they they are definitely winking like isn't it crazy we're making this movie (laughs) is what it felt like to me didn't uh the the red dawn remake i think it was originally supposed to be china and they switched it to north korea because they were very afraid and um i mean that shouldn't shock anyone but it just i just remember laughing my my ass off at that that movie is like incredibly bad i i reviewed it on the patreon uh a couple months ago uh when i did my uh mini series about reboots uh that movie was in there uh red dawn 2012 and it was uh that movie stunk but it's because i think we're going through a phase like like top gun is kind i'm trying to think of like a good analog it's something that was kind of serious at a time or at a time where we didn't read irony the same way that is now they're not even they're not taking it serious it's a big fucking goof through the whole movie yeah like they i mean it's funny because there are some like very emotional you know you have val kilmer's character dying and which is like, I don't know, I, I bought that, but it, but it's really funny because usually it goes the other way. Like it takes all the kind of cheekiness or like whatever humor out of it. Like a good example to me is the Total Recall reboot, which is like, oh, it's so, it's, it's fucking, it's dour. Like the, even like all the social commentary is gone. And the same thing with the new RoboCop, whenever that was, you know, it's like, oh, that was bad. I mean, yeah. And like Verhoeven, you know, whatever you think of him, like he's, He's got a sense of humor, you know, among the fucking ultra violence, I would say, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in that movie, that that RoboCop, they they sort of try not to tell. It's almost the same as this this movie. They try not to almost tell the story in a weird way uh, uh, that uh, they don't want to name stuff. They don't want to talk about like what what where this stuff is happening. 
and shit like that. And, and they, you know, obviously also Robocop, the new Robocop was a pretty cheap movie. It was made by a guy that made a movie that I fucking loved, uh, Elite Squad, mm. uh, two. It's like a movie from Brazil about this police force that, you know, is cleaning up the streets that I, I really fucking enjoyed. But like, I think, the reason I think Top Gun Maverick was successful, a movie that people enjoyed and went and saw, really was the the no CGI thing, like not having CGI. Uh, I mean, it makes the movies better. It just it makes almost any movie, any action movie, a lot more tolerable to watch without it. You know. It's just so much more visceral. Like you, you really do sort of feel like you're in the cockpit with those guys. And, you know, I think like adding to the lore of it was reading all these interviews. Like we had some stuff at the ringer where all the cast was sort of talking about like going up in the planes and like being challenged by like crews and being egged on. And again, you know, like you said, it's, it is unabashedly like military propaganda, but there is something so like hypnotic about real shit being depicted whatever it is you know to to a point <laughs> right that is the thing like i talk about a lot of times when i talk about movies and pop culture and shit like that i i i always one of the things i bring up a lot is is fight choreography it's something that like i spend a lot of time thinking about as a pro wrestling fan number one you 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 i have i i have this thing that i love that is a camera on people doing a thing without moving you know what i mean like that it, that it's not like <clears throat> the born movies where i mean he's not really doing anything that it's just shaky cam around which was great like at the time i found that to be really fucking great those movies i watched it again recently after years of the movies that it inspired all like with the MCU especially is like nobody learns to fight so when a movie like John Wick comes out and and <clears throat> Keanu Reeves learns how to fight learns how or it's not even learning how to fight Bob Odenkirk did it too you learn how to fucking fake fight and uh learn how to shoot guns and learn how to use weapons so that when you do the movie they don't have to move the camera around to symbolize your your fucking movement you know they can just leave the camera looking at you and when you watch a fight you get to like watch a fight and that's really fun there well there's a weight to it that's something like that's so cgi laden does not have and there's also like it's oddly more human even if it's like just two people beating the fuck out of each other or shooting at each other um i uh i'm working on a story right now uh about James Cameron. And I heard a story from Sigourney Weaver about, you know, like she was kind of unsettled about shooting a lot of guns in the movie in Aliens. And Cameron, I think, took her to a a range, right? And she was trying all these weapons and she admitted she's like, there's adrenaline there that you just can't recapture else, you know, elsewhere. Like you don't see that like in an MCU movie where they're like sky fighting, you know, they're up in the air and like flying around and it's like, doesn't, it just doesn't really hit you emotionally. No, I agree. I agree. It is, it is a thing where it's like, man, it would be, 
it would be nice if if i don't know like the the damage thing like this idea that we have to keep building the amount of damage that these stories tell so like uh you know you got a nine 9-11 happens things have to get bigger than 9-11 and then now it's just like it has to get bigger and bigger and bigger and that is i think why uh there are a lot of movies more rooted in and and look john wick isn't rooted in any real fucking world but it comes off as more realistic than a lot of the big blockbusters that come out now because you're watching people do shit now the the cgi blood makes it I don't like that, but I guess that's cheaper. I can't figure out how it's cheap. I guess it's because they work those CGR, CGI people to death and it's just cheaper to do. Sure. Well, I was going to say, uh, it just made me think of Terminator 2, which clearly I'm a shill for, you know, any kind of early Cameron stuff. But what's, what's interesting about that movie and movies like it is that the stakes are so huge. Like you sort of know that the world is riding on what's going on, but the story is really small. And in that movie, like what, there's 10 or 11 main characters at most. And I just think that helps keep it, <clears throat> excuse me, grounded in emotionally investing, I would say. I agree. I agree. And, and, and like, I, I like seeing, I, I like seeing the, I don't even care if you see the string. I would rather see, remember, you know, when I was a kid, you watch a fucking movie, but I can see the wires, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. always like, it was just such a, a fucking thing. There was always like some fucking kid that's like, one, I can see the wires or two, that could never really happen. It's like, no <laughs> shit. It's a fucking movie, dude. You know, it, that used to drive me fucking crazy. Cause I, I would, I would, when I go to the movies, I take everybody's fucking critique of the movie more seriously than my own critique of the movie like i'm like i'm wrong whatever <laughs> i went and saw the movie I, I i didn't see that but apparently it's there and i guess that is uh because i'm not a deep thinker or something <laughs> like that's all i can think of because like i remember i went and saw um inglorious bastards with one of my really good friends and he got fucking shit faced before <laughs> we went to the movie which really sucks <laughs> guy gets drunk and uh he just isn't able to like act like a normal human being and when we walk out he's like i that movie fucking sucked it was boring and i was like fuck i thought that movie kicked ass like and it wasn't boring at all this is wild <laughs> was it like an expectations thing though like i don't know was he sort of expecting something different or was he just fucking shithouse so he didn't he was just, <laughs> he yeah, was yeah. just fucking drunk because now he'll fucking put that movie on when he gets drunk and stand in the living room and he knows every line of mm -hmm. of dialogue in the movie every badass line of dialogue in the movie so yeah he was just really drunk but i remember like until i could see it again on demand or or like see i thought i was wrong and the movie sucked even as i would be reading these reviews from people who are like what a fucking great movie i just it really kicks ass but it was just one of those things i went and saw the avengers which the first avengers 
uh, you you have to be a fucking bullshitter if you didn't think that was a cool movie coming out. I'm sorry. Like, we can all act, like, above it now, but having all those people show up in the same movie, I don't know. That was really neat to me. I'm a sucker for, uh, uh, I'm a sucker for that. Well, it definitely felt fresher than a lot of, you know, subsequent comic book movies for sure. And And, yeah, they really... They pulled off all the characterizations in a way maybe that, that hadn't we hadn't seen before for sure. And again, was was the first the first one was like almost three hours as well, right? Like that was a really long movie, and it didn't drag. So I think they I'm a crossover. Off. I'm a crossover head, Alan. Okay, That's, <laughs> yeah. I am just nuts when it comes to crossovers. I I growing up, whenever two whenever there would be like a sitcom block, the famous one is the Empty Nest. Golden Girls and something else. I, I can't Sa- remember. Sat- what Saturday nights was that on Saturday nights? I it was, was trying Saturday to night, <laughs> and there was a hurricane. Yes, and yeah. All of the shows had to deal with this same hurricane, and in I Miami, think they even yeah. <laughs> came in contact with each other. And I, I loved that. These aren't even shows that I normally watch, so it's always been a thing for me to be like, uh, yeah, crossovers like crossovers rule cartoons sometimes they would have cartoons where the characters from one cartoon would go on another cartoon and i'd be nuts for it do you remember the critic at the when jay sherman from the critic was on the simpsons it was kind of controversial i don't remember that it was like one episode and matt Groening didn't like it because he thought it was like shameless self-promotion for the other show uh, but it's a really good it's the movie festival episode speaking of movies but yeah it's a good one. the critic is so good the critic is something that comes up every once in a while and when i was a kid i like really liked it but i didn't have the like language to understand why i liked it and i haven't watched it since and i don't know how i would feel about it now but at the time i liked it probably i've everybody loves the simpsons so much i'm i don't know i i guess like this is back to where we were at the beginning, but I think I liked the, I liked family guy more like huh. at the time. Like I was big into, I, I had all the family guy box sets. I think I wrote a letter to get them back on Fox. If I'm not mistaken, I almost, I remember it. that. Yeah. I was, was a freshman, order. fresh, yeah. Freshman in college. I think it was 2001 or so. And it was, I just can't the, you know, the Simpsons is full of references too, but I feel like I got really burned out on the family guy style of just like, boom, 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 over and over and over like different pop culture references without a ton of connection to each other. But I could also be relying or being too loyal to the Simpsons to be fair. So <laughs> yeah, I am very much a like, uh, uh, I, I, it's speed. That's what I like in everything for, or for some weird reason. It's like, I don't, for some reason, I think this is the most sort of teen thing about me that just never goes away with me. Is like I like noise and I like fucking speed. Anything that's loud and fast is I'm just into it. Are you a Thirty Rock guy? I liked it. Yeah, we yeah. watched it when it aired. I've actually heard like you go back and watch it, and it's actually like a lot, even a lot better than uh, uh, than what it was before like if you watch it now it almost feels like a live action simpsons episode in some respects because they they just pack so many jokes into every episode and that's again because we just don't have many traditional sitcoms anymore like we have comedies but they're not they're not really like joke 
based in that way, which is sad in some some respects. Uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I I kind of was like uh, uh, I was super into what's the word? I was super into like. I never liked Star Wars growing up, but then I watched all the Star Wars movies last year and I ended up really liking it. That's the first time I've ever gone back and watched something that I had been shitting on for several years. <laughs> That's why one of the reasons why I have considered, and The Ringer is the, the number one biggest pr promoter of this, I have considered Game of Thrones again, but I don't think I would like it no matter what they did. <laughs> I went and rewatched the first couple seasons. Just sometimes I'll put shit on in the background when I'm working, whether it's like The Simpsons or Sopranos. The first, I would say, three or four seasons of Game of Thrones, I really liked it. I think because it did feel different for the time. Because I don't think there was anything that explicit slash like it's not medieval, but that, you know, or high fantasy, whatever it is like that was pretty unique. It just got. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's just the material when it extended past the books, it got, you know, worse, but I, I don't know. I think, I think it's good at the beginning and definitely fades, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tried to uh, watch it when it first like came out, like when I first quit my job, actually game of Thrones started when I was still a cable guy and uh, I quit my job and, and, went to college and uh one of the things that happened in college was i got an internship uh filling out spreadsheets for uh first it was unpaid they're like hey you know fill out these spreadsheets look at the voter registration petitions in ohio districts and then put them in spreadsheets and that was like the whole job and then they were like well we'll pay you I was like, well, they're like, you're doing such a good job. We'll pay you. I was like, right on. Let's do this. I hadn't had a job that paid me in so, so long. And they were like, yep, it'll be eight twenty-five an hour. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, great. Thank you so fucking much. That is such a large amount of money for the amount. So I would spend like five, five hours a day kind of sitting in a chair, had to have something playing. That's actually what got me back into wrestling too. I hadn't watched wrestling in a really long time, but the network, the WWE network had just come out and you could go back and watch all the old wrestling <laughs> and you run out of shit <laughs> when you need well, to have something on while you're working, Yeah, you know? And one of the things I tried was Game of Thrones and I, and I tried it, I think four separate times I fell asleep in the first episode. Like, I was just like, I don't, I, this may not be for me if I keep fucking falling asleep when I try to watch it. Yeah. Like, what do you think it was? Was it just that it sort of moved slowly or it was dark or yeah. I didn't like a lot of the, one of the things I didn't like about it is, and you know, uh, this isn't me being like a super feminist or anything. I swear this was before <laughs> I even had read, uh, maybe I had read some theory or whatever, but I, 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 I didn't love all the, all the rape and stuff like that. I, I just, I, and I listen, you make any show you fucking want to make, you know what I mean? I am, I have made sure to say I am pro I'm a free speech guy, essentially. You know what I mean? I don't want to be considered like Dave Chappelle free speech guy sure you sure, know sure. or joe rogan like i don't want people to look at me in that fucking way but <laughs> essentially i do have some of the same beliefs they do around 
speech in that like i don't you can say whatever the fuck you want i do not care but you know obviously the conservative right they recognize it in a horrible way yeah well yeah and the conservative thing isn't as much about free speech as it is about not criticizing them ever or saying anything about them or uh telling them that they're wrong right right they don't they they can it's the ultimate like they can dish it out but they can't take it kind of thing uh but you know you mentioned i mean obviously that show had murders it had rape and all these horrible things i I just remember when i first started watching it i think my my ex walked into the room and uh the mountain was cutting a horse's head off like with a giant sword and she was like what is this and i was like you're right it is i mean again that's tame for that show in terms of like violence but it was it it does take some getting used to for sure I, I agree. I agree. And and again, I, I, I don't want to come off like a guy who is spending his time saying like, I, I you know, they shouldn't show stuff like that. You know, sure, bad characters yeah. can't do bad things. Like I, I am fine with bad characters doing uh, bad things. It doesn't. That's that's the way the world is. I just as I watched it was like, OK, this is like super excessive. I think what really got to me about it was like this is some nerd guy's fantasy show. And this is what he chose to have happen in his fantasy world. If you I, I've read a little bit of the books and like the it's obviously incredibly well written. There's just so much description. He like describes the food. He just like everything is so richly rendered to a point of it being just overkill sometimes and i feel like sometimes that would definitely come out on screen yeah even when the- yeah yeah and you know again i hope people i like it when people like stuff that's like one of my things is like hey you know what if you like it then fucking enjoy it because are you it's wonderful that you like something i i am not a let people enjoy things guy everybody knows that if i think something sucks i'm gonna fucking tell you it sucks but uh i'm glad it makes you happy i'm glad game of thrones makes you happy i think it sucks but that's just me i don't like dragons i hate them i like cars and guns and you can make fun of me for saying like oh i love movies with cars and guns because i sound like a real fucking idiot when i say it you know but that's what i like so I like Westerns. I like all kinds of stuff with guns and cars and stuff and horses. I feel like everybody has their own calculus on what they accept, like realism wise. You know, it's like, I don't, are you into the boys? Do you watch that? I love that show. Okay. And I know that's pretty epic bacon for me or whatever, but uh, <laughs> I'm fine with that. You can make fun of me. No, I mean, I, I like it. And it's just funny. I remember watching the pilot or the first couple episodes and being like, man, they're just like hitting me over the head with this. It's so unsubtle. And then I was like, you know what? This is the point is that like, it's a satire and you know, I know it's fucking obvious, but it, it does it in a way that is just really unabashedly violent and, you know, sexy and, and just awful. And I think that's probably their point, which is like, I guess that, you know, that's what superheroes would be like in real life. It wouldn't be sanitized at all. So I don't know. I I like that aspect of it, even if it's ridiculous. So this is coming out on Friday night, uh, Friday morning, better fucking or Saturday or Thursday morning. I'm sorry. Fucking two days from now or three days. You're good, man. (laughs) I am in such a fucking whirlwind right now. My wife's (laughs) birthday is tomorrow. Oh, man. 
And uh, I had to take that day off, but I also had to get several podcasts done this week. <laughs> so like there's a day in the middle that's totally off. But, you know, by the time people are listening to this on Thursday, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. I'm not coming back till January 22nd. It's going to be great and everything's going to be fun. But uh, um, Avatar, the way of the water is coming out. <laughs> And uh, how did you like the first Avatar? Like, what, what was your opinion on that? So I remember really loving it. I remember going to the theater in IMAX. I was living um, from Boston. I was living in the Boston area at the time. And I remember it being like the only 3D movie that actually felt like well thought out in that way. Like you really felt immersed in it in a way that I had, hadn't seen through all the junk 3D stuff and even like kind of retrofitted other movies and you know a lot of people were like oh it's derivative it's it's this movie like people people are like oh it's fern gully it's like that animated movie about environmentalism in the early 90s but i think that's cameron's like kind of genius and that he can take a really simple story and like make it like i don't know like dress it up so that it's really interesting it doesn't need to be anything uh fancy story-wise but i admit you know it's funny because people keep talking about like, oh, nobody cared about Avatar. Nobody cared about Avatar. I mean, it was the highest grossing movie of, movie of all time. So people went to see it. I guess, I guess maybe unlike some other movies, like people just maybe didn't talk about it very much between then and now. And I still can't quite figure out why that is. And I don't know. I don't know what you think or what, yeah. What, what did you think of it when you saw it? Uh, I saw it in 3d and I loved the movie in 3d. Uh, I, I was in a, period of my life where it was really hard to like i i was at that period in my life where i learned that my sense of humor trends more it's before i learned that i like stuff that sucks which is <laughs> that's a that's something that i didn't accept about myself until i don't know it would have to be 2015 2016 2017 I, I put it at 2018 because that's when I started. Uh, I believe I started the POD cast like a year after that, okay. or maybe two years after that is when me and John started the POD cast, which is music that undoubtedly a lot of it really fucking sucks. But uh, it's when I said 2018 is when I started Shocktober. Uh, I did the Kid Rock episode. <laughs> Or the Kid Rock series, and I, I did all these series. Uh, Sports Talk Radio was was the one I did about uh, March Madness, where you know me, Chris, and Adam went and listened to a lot of fucking uh, uh, talk Sports Talk Radio and talked about the DJs in a way that had nothing to do with sports. I mean, <laughs> like I had two guys on that knew about sports, so that I could talk about the radio stuff. I mean, the, that's the funny thing about sports radio is like the most popular sports radio is like barely about sport you know it's like it's like any good shock jock there's characters and there's bits and there's dumb shit that caller you know and insane callers obviously so yeah 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 and it's 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 just like uh what's the uh, it's like uh accepting in my in my life that like me not like i didn't like avatar story but i thought that i remember thinking like the dialogue in this fucking movie is hilarious it's so funny it's so like ham-handed weirdly written where i was just kind of like i, I like this i kind of like this vibe <laughs> well there's an earnestness 
to Cameron's stuff that's like very it's almost jarring after watching you know Joss Whedon like all quips like you know one-liners little things and it's like this direct exposition my friend pointed this out that he watched the original Avatar recently and like the first 20 lines were just like direct exposition like explaining what the hell was going on because I guess you need it for a movie like that but it uh it definitely is different in that way and in a way that I could see would turn people off but I don't know if you agree but like I felt like won over when I was watching both of the movies where it's like okay this is like a little corny but it it somehow is emotionally like very immersive and I remember like I just remember Stephen Lang's character in the first movie like talking about the limp dick science majors or something like that and I just like that stupid line has been with me for 13 years my brothers and I will repeat it every I don't know, maybe not every week, but but almost. I don't know why we remember it, but yeah, it's funny. No, I'm with you. I I I don't know why, but I just sort of felt like the 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 series. What the movie was like? It was kind of it was funny in like a genius way. Uh, I I I thought it was. Uh, I I don't know, like. It, it just the way that they talked in the movie felt more like uh, uh, a cartoon in a way where to me, it's like um, to me, it's like that's I'm fine with that in an action movie because I do think there's this new thing where action movies for some reason people want to prescribe. Uh, uh, they do this with wrestling a lot too. It's actually happened a lot with a lot of pop culture where people make this decision that like, well, the thing I watch has to be politically good. The thing I watch has to be, uh, uh, it's just all this has to be smart. That's the thing that makes me a little bit nutty, right? This thing I have to watch has to be smart, but Mm. most people are fucking stupid. And we can (laughs) all agree that most people are fucking stupid. I'm a, fucking big stupid fucking idiot and like i want to go see uh uh um movies that are fun and i i don't fucking care if they're smart or or this this other thing like sometimes you see a movie you're like damn that was kind of smart that was good but you can watch anything with a critical lens that is that which means you can watch any kind of thing wrestling people do that with wrestling all this storyline is really leftist i'm like do you know the people that fucking (laughs) wrestling it's not so so i wrote about jackass earlier in the year when the movie the the new movie came out and uh you know i i think i read like spike jones and jeff tremaine there's a famous tweet about you know it like jackass being like the last bastion of I don't know, like middle class white people, and like this is their death throes, and their and it's like it, it was like a really funny tweet, uh, an interesting tweet actually. Like I hadn't thought about it like that, and I read it to them, and you know, Spike Jones, Knoxville, and Tremaine, like the the brain trust, and they were laughing, and they were like, "We don't intellectualize like it, like if we start to intellectualize our stuff, it completely undermines the point, which is that it's supposed to be like visceral and stupid and like and funny and." Yeah, I, I think that that stuff works best when it's a byproduct of a good movie and not like the point. Like a, a good example for me, do you see Barbarian, the horror movie? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I love like, that movie. like that was great. And it had some interesting themes for sure, but it all those themes would be nothing without a like scary story and good characters. And yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I love that movie, and and again, it is. Uh, I think that people's it, it maybe I hope you know is kind of just a, a poison brain thing that that like has happened online where people go to movies and they have to ascribe their their beliefs to them their political beliefs to them and and you know you go see a movie and one conservatives think it's written for them and and liberals think it's written for them and uh uh it's not for it's it's like it's not for either right it's so funny that like i i you know and i'm not i know you you do critic stuff right you've done a little bit yeah i don't i don't I think that like looking at a movie with a with a critical eye uh, is is fine. I just don't know personally if I think that um, I don't know personally if I think it's possible that uh, fucking god damn I'm trying to think like the first Avatar. I know that James Cameron was doing something political there because it is. This fucking beat India. Yeah, he head. hits you right. He hits you over the head with it for sure. I mean, it's but, so, it's so, but, but it, that's refreshing how obvious, like he's not sneaking it in or like trying to do anything subtle. It's a $300 million movie that, you know, is about colonizers. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's not pretentious, I guess is my point. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It, it's, it, it, I like that though. Again, there's nothing in me that, that needs to agree. I don't, I don't like those like uh well it's bullshit because I liked uh the Brawl and Cell Block 99 that that movie I like love that that is 100% that's a that is a conservative movie and that guy's Craig Zoller his his movies are all conservative movies and once I found that out weirdly uh this goes against everything I'm saying once I found that out I didn't watch any more <laughs> of them. Oh, I don't even know what what happened with me, but I didn't watch the Mel Gibson one, and I'm not not watching Mel Gibson movies for woke reasons. I'm not watching Mel Gibson movies because they all look like those Bruce Willis movies that you know uh, they've tricked him into doing. Right. I mean, it's it's like the Seinfeld joke, you know, like the the anti dentite episode where uh, the dentist converts to Judaism for. The jokes and Seinfeld and the I think the priest is like, are you offended as a Jewish person? And Seinfeld's like, no, I'm offended as a comedian. You know, like it's it just it's not the it, it's not the morality. It's it's like that he's not being funny. You know, or yeah, it, it uh-huh. maybe it's a weird comparison, but yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. it. It isn't. There's nothing in there's there's I don't I expect very little out of uh, Hollywood or I expect very little out of any mainstream media really and and something that you know i've wrestled with a lot is that kind of uh uh that new thing that's happening the the way i i i as a matter of fact i'll just bring this up my wife wanted to watch the movie bros pretty badly and Mm -hmm. uh she was like you want to watch bros and i said no i don't like the way they i don't like the way uh the publicity machine behind it when it had that first bad weekend was like that's because people are are homophobic in a way you know what i mean like i didn't like that and well, it made me mad <laughs> yeah and I, and i think that that was set up in a really poor way because the the fact that the studio was touting it as this landmark film 
sort of set it up for failure, right? And and what people weren't talking about, and I, I watched it, it was funny, but- I loved it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was very funny, but, but again, fucking Will Ferrell cannot open a comedy these days. Like that's left out of the discussion, right? So, you know, if you look at his movies, like I, I liked Ferrell, but like he, com- people don't go to see comedies anymore. So it, it, it's probably, or conceivably less about homophobia and more about, you know, that people don't go to see comedies anymore, which is really s- sad as a guy who, you know, probably like you, like grew up on Farley and Eddie Murphy and Sandler and all these guys where they would like, they could fart out a movie and it would make $140 million. It's, it's just different now, I guess. But yeah, and there's was- not, I don't, I don't know if I even think like, I don't know how you would release it. Like, I guess like I try to think, uh, so what is the last like comic that comedy that really came out and grabbed the world and like tag i think i don't fucking know i can't think of one this is a question i've asked people over the last couple of years which is uh, so so to me just to to answer your question game night was good but that was like a little non-traditional that wasn't you know that wasn't ace ventura you know it had it had like some darkness to it but so i've asked people like because i don't think i could remember like what's the last movie you saw in the theater where you lost your mind laughing that wasn't jackass you know like an original scripted comedy can you can you think of one in the last 10 years i can't no because i i just it's jackass and i can't even remember going to the movie theater to see something funny i i guess like i watched that fucking movie uh uh with sandra bullock and uh channing tatum the romancing the stone oh gosh i remember i forget the name of it but yeah um that felt yeah that felt like something Mm -hmm. that felt like a comedy that that was very old style now i don't i don't know how much money it made so i don't know if it did well uh the cgi in it was some of the worst shit it it was like some of it was very cheaply made but mm-hmm. I laughed a few times, you know, bros actually, I think people should have gone and seen it. Now, the way I, I look agree. at it now is like, fuck man, this guy made like, this guy made like a movie, uh, that, that, that encompasses so much of, of like what you see when you're, you're, I don't know the, the guy that's been online and, and, and in these sorts of spaces, uh, it, it, it doesn't make fun of activist spaces right right but it also doesn't like uh uh, treat them as precious and it also has something which i believe to be like a really revolutionary uh uh sort of thing and and that is this guy telling a story about the gay experience and and talking about how every movie that comes out about the gay experience has to be about the tragic parts of that. And it's almost the same thing like with a lot of movies with with the black experience with anything, any movie that's not specifically white, straight people has to be a movie about tragedy and and why it's tragic to be this type of person. And he he didn't do that with this movie. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that, it was interesting. I, I once wrote about like coming of age movies and there's a movie Cooley High from the 70s. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't, uh, no. So 
I talked to the director and he basically said that he wanted to make a movie about black teenagers that wasn't about race relations. It was about their life. And like, it's pretty, it's pretty pathetic that there's not more examples of that, you know, um, for, for, like you said, it, it, it always becomes about a struggle or about the tragedy. And that's like, it's dehumanizing in a way, even, even if it, you know, contends to be otherwise. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you would love to see like you you would love to see like the joy of of people too. You would I like what I think about a lot is like it would be nice if they made like a Christmas story but with like a black family that is just a Christmas story. Just that movie, not like that exact movie. And I always felt like uh this is a weird pool, but everybody loves Chris did a pretty decent job of that abbott elementary uh is something that i watch um I, it 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 feels a little more kind of ham-handed to me but also is a pretty funny show that's that's about it's like this thing that takes place in this really depressing uh uh kind of setting that makes things funny and uh that kind of thing i i i think is like crucially important and abbott elementary to me might be one of the more progressive things that's happening yeah, right now in right and, and it doesn't necessarily like sure there are messages but that's not the i guess that's it that's an outgrowth of it as opposed to it being you know pedantic or however you want to put it um, yeah yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I just, I think that like, I, I really do feel like, like, uh, uh, it feels good to see movies about regular people. Like all I've ever wanted, like in, in my career is to, uh, you know, highlight experiences that before this never were highlighted on in any fucking media the reason i do I, the reason i started this and and the reason that i've always done what i do is to illustrate like hey there's this like other type of of existing that isn't uh uh that isn't something you see on tv even if you watch a show about like a working class family even if you watch like king of queens he's like this guy's living wildly great yeah. you know and everything's going great for fucking kevin james in this fucking show and uh uh i just was like man there is nothing there is nothing like what it's like to to hustle and uh uh work as hard as you can and then not come out in the end on top yeah i mean did you did you think roseanne covered like like got that right the original you know in the late 80s early 90s or or is that even overblown no, I think they almost got that right. You know, yeah. there was never a moment where it felt like, uh, um, I don't know. I never felt like there was a moment that made it seem, um, unrealistic. They, they had a bunch of kids. The house always looked like shit. And, uh, that was, that's how I grew up. My parents had five kids. They didn't have enough money to have five kids. You never know why they do that. I can never answer the question of why would you have five kids if you don't make enough. My parents, it's funny. My parents could have lived like lavishly, mm. lavishly. 
if they didn't have five fucking kids it's so stupid such a stupid decision because they they in the end they you know they owned a camper they rented a campsite they we had a hot tub growing up they had an above ground pool they could have had an underground pool if they didn't have five fucking kids and uh uh they just they could have lived so great and and they just they they threw it all away to have a bunch of kids that they don't even like <laughs> well well i wonder like off, off on roseanne that they ever if they ever addressed that or if it was sort of like the reality which is well we got these kids and we got to make it work yeah you know yeah yeah i like that i i love that i mean i'm my daughter and uh uh you know for the first two years of her life i was working like a real job because it was just like fuck this thing this kid costs so much money you know i gotta pay for daycare which is expensive like as much as your rent situation you know when it comes to daycare like being almost as much as your rent you're like mm -hmm. motherfucker my rent was my highest bill now i got a second highest bill along with when they become a teenager oh cool i have to pay for another phone and like just all of this stuff you know and uh, I ended up quitting my job because we figured out that it would probably be just as easy to not have daycare and just have me stay home. They don't, we don't, then we don't need that money and we'll be okay. And I, I could go to college and make this whole thing work out. So, I mean, yeah, I, it, it, there were a lot of times where it was really tough, like where you're like, I, I remember selling our Nintendo Wii and just being like, fuck, this is like not the way you want a kid to grow up. But, you know, sometimes shit happens. Things just happen. It, everything is always so unstable all the fucking time, you know? Yeah, I you know as a as a childless man it is shit that you take for granted you know hey, like yeah. i'm a childless man now too okay <laughs> she, she she wow no, wow yeah i'm no i'm i'm a i'm i'm living the our child free life too although i do have to send her like a hundred dollars every few days but i am actually a childless i'm technically a childless man i could leave this house with my wife and never come back and uh the police wouldn't even be called on us we won't wouldn't even be looked at as irresponsible she's 18 she do whatever the fuck she wants she graduates in in may it's very exciting. I think people are going to get a show with her during this this time off. Actually. Have you done that before? Is that uh is that? He's been on that... a few shows. Okay. People love I... shows with her because, yeah. I mean, she's a lot like me, like very very much like me. Not uh, any way that you would expect. Like uh, you know how people say, "Hey, if you have a kid, they'll 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 have the opposite of your values." And, <laughs> they'll run away from sort of who you are and stuff like that and it's like that didn't happen that actually <laughs> didn't happen with my kid my kid fucking well, is exactly like anxious uh, as hell <laughs> oh i know i know that drill i know that but, but like is it sort of like a funhouse mirror kind of thing you know where she she's like you but like a slightly when i say distorted i don't mean in a bad way but like so like a little bit different or or pretty well it's funny because she doesn't like a lot of stuff that I like, and I don't like a lot of stuff she likes, like as far as like pop culture and shit like that. But I do feel like within like, by the time she's like 25, 26, me and her are just gonna like all the same shit. Like you can <laughs> see it coming. You can kind of see it coming because she'll go see these movies because they have like a hunk in them or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't watch these movies at all, but she went and saw Bones and all. Yeah. Uh, which is, 
I guess a movie teenagers are going to see right now because I was Timmy Timothy Chalamet. Absolutely, in it. yeah, yeah. And she said that it is really freaky, and that <laughs> now she's like, you have to see it so I can talk to somebody about it. Uh, she she saw the uh, what was that other one that recently came out that was like about the suburbs? Uh, fuck, is it, but it had not, somebody famous it, in it. It's not After Sun, is it? I'm not sure which one. It's uh, it is it was the one that had all the problem on set. Oh when, oh, don't don't worry, darling. She watched that and she liked it, and it was just like I can see her coming to the point where like she can learn how to appreciate stuff on like a couple different levels and and enjoy i can see it i think she should be a comedian mm. uh, or a writer i i she has like charisma and and is really smart and is really funny and so people tend to really dig i've been having her on since she was like eight. Oh man is it wild to you to watch like her sort of like discover stuff i mean i have a friend who has an eight-year-old and you know, he's getting into The Simpsons and he'll watch episodes from 25 years ago to yesterday. And it's just, I feel like we didn't have that, like that, we, we had to discover stuff in a different way. And I don't, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but like, I think people our age sort of idealize that and be like, well, we had to seek out shit. And then I'm like, when I was that age, I wish I could fucking go on Spotify and find anything I wanted. Dude, I would have done anything in this world to uh at that age well one at, at 18 19 20 uh my dream would have been to be able to get howard stern every day at the end of the day because uh you know it, it aired once and then in order to record it like a son of a bitch you had to set up because it's so long you had to set up a vhs player and i just didn't have time to do all that i don't i i, I wasn't gonna be able to do that but that uh having because when i grew up it's like the old stuff we watched was just stuff that nick at night aired so when i was a kid it was it was brady bunch i watched i've i've probably seen every episode of the brady bunch i've probably seen every episode of the black and white dennis the menace because it ran on nickelodeon all fucking day all mr. the time yeah mr ed and i dream of genie i remember those two being on a lot and and uh bewitched was another that's what's one. funny yeah what's funny about my kid is like one of the things she looks back on fondly and and, and a bit of nostalgia uh is the um george lopez show oh interesting because at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock uh on nick nick at night after like iCarly and all that stuff the george lopez show would come on <laughs> and she just when she hears lowrider she's like ah it's the george lopez song this song whips and i love it and like uh she showed me one time on on uh TikTok or something how many people have that response to the george lopez show and it's kind of like the brady bunch when i was growing up it's like you watch the brady bunch it's not from your time and and everybody's dressed a little bit goofy and it looks stupid but like you just watched it because it's on so you had this this fondness for uh, the theme song and and the episodes and stuff like that plus that movie came out that brady bunch movie came out and took the world by storm back then. In, in, the, in the mid nineties. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. it was, it was funny. I mean, also like those shows are so oddly, like fully formed in a way that a lot of shows aren't now like the characters are so, I mean, it's, it's a cartoon. They, 
it's funny. I, I have written a lot about the Simpsons and they say that oh, oddly an influence on that show was the original Batman series. And, you know, people make fun of it, but it it's like soothing in a weird way because it's so unabashedly just like corny and silly and funny and it's uh safe is the wrong word but it it makes you feel good inside basically it's like comfort food you know like like you said it is yeah. it is it's the same thing as like like i said i don't i don't think i had any idea uh i remember watching dennis the menace and just being like what in the fuck are these people up to this guy's this guy's growing begonias and dennis <laughs> keeps fucking them up and and he's mad at the kid and it's like it's funny to think about adult and like sometimes i think about like what people were into in the past where it is very funny to me to imagine adult sitting down at night after eating their tv dinner and watching dennis the menace <laughs> i remember those sitcoms uh having like uh i wish i could remember what exactly but it's like the two two single beds in the bedroom they couldn't show people like ah, that's so funny bed. yeah it's like, just so wild uh and, and my girlfriend actually she talked about watching Mr. Ed on Nick at Night and buying like a like one of those, you know, for $19.99 plus shipping and handling, you can have a Mr. Ed feed bag. And it was like, I don't even know, it was like a tote or something that looked like. And it, and again, that was such a weird late 80s, early 90s throwback to the 50s idealization or something that you just, I don't know, it's so old now. Like you said, now it's the George Lopez show in the office and oh you yeah know, she other, loves other friends nice. too these kids yeah. go nuts for fucking friends like in a way that 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 like uh you you wouldn't you you like they watch friends it seems too late it's incredibly sort of uh for them in the world they grew up in it's it's pretty problematic oh absolutely yeah like you know so, what I like, mean? like like so many stupid gay jokes like like stuff that's not funny it's just mean it's dumb uh, yeah I'm, I'm yeah so <laughs> it, it was it, it it is one of those things that's like they watch it and they like it and people think they're like constantly uh what's the word they people think that these kids are like constantly offended but they watch a lot of stuff that they would consider uh being taken you know cancel cultured or whatever sure, they call it, sure, you know, sure, sure. oh, this yeah. guy's getting cancel cultured or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> okay, whatever. And, and like, they, they like that stuff too. I mean, I, I don't know if I think like, I don't know what I think about like what, what they, uh, uh, what they're into. I don't think it really, I think they're exactly like us. That's what I always think about when, uh that's what i always think about when people say like they're gonna save us the the zoomers are gonna save us and i'm like motherfucker they are just like us they're exactly <laughs> the same fucking people you know uh they they grew up with different rules i guess is the thing my, my brother was a teacher and he was in uh a meeting for teachers and it was run a consultant came in which was like perfect an educational consultant and my brother was like 23, 24. He's one of the youngest teachers on staff. And this consultant asked the group, this group of teachers that was mostly like 40s and 50s or maybe late 30s. And the consultant was like, what do you think teenagers are going to be like in 10 years? And all these adults, you know, 40s and 50s raise their hand. Oh, uh, they're going to have their heads in their phone all day. And they're yeah. going to be, they're going to be a so they're going to be not social. They're going to be in their room all day. And my brother like wanted to strangle everyone because it's like, that sounds like every teenager in the last fucking 50 years. 
it's just a different mode of being a teenager. Like what teenagers in the fifties weren't moody. Like it's, I, I, yeah, that's why like, I don't know. Kids always are getting bad rap no matter what. <laughs> no matter I agree. What, right? yeah, yeah. I agree. It's so funny though, to think about like people thinking kids are going to fucking save, save the world. You know, they're, they're, they're uh, definitely not. Uh, they are, again like they watch almost like a lot of the same stuff that we were into they watch which which is you know uh well we're all into the same we're kind of i think all going to be into the same stuff forever we're in a feedback loop now where what ends up happening next is the office reboot that the next generation of people in their 20s are going to gravitate to I don't think any of it's going to be successful. I, I think we've seen the end of 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 sort of mainstream. You, you, we're probably going to have two or three sitcoms and two or three TVs at TV shows at any given time that everybody's watching, and not even everybody watches I mean, those. It, you know, it's wild to me that the American Office was as successful as it was because, to me, the I mean, the British version is just different, and I think, you know, it's like. I think there's like 12 episodes total so they could really distill the funniest shit down and not have to worry about any filler but you know the whole point of the british office is that like office work is monotonous and miserable and like there's no rising up and getting out of it but the difference is that when you make 22 episodes of tv in america like you have to make it more uplifting or else like i don't know people won't watch it or it like won't it's I mean, I, I think Steve Carell, I don't know if you, I think he saved it in a way because he is very funny, but the show just isn't, doesn't have the bite of the British version. Yeah. It's just like a yeah. cliche, but yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for coming on the show with me and talking Thanks, with me. We've talked a lot in, in DMs and, uh, I, I, you know, you're a nice dude. You work at the ringer, which <laughs> I, I consume a lot of their podcasts and, uh, uh, the the prestige tv podcast if you can talk to the people that host that tell them that was my most listened to podcast on spotify i will and you're you're one of the funniest dudes on twitter and uh yeah it's like a total i know it's corny but it's an honor to to be here with you man and uh i'd love to come back sometime so you I will appreciate it <laughs> i will have you back we'll get you on the patreon so you can do one of the goofy like mini series apps like one of the dang cook episodes uh, like our, well, i mean dang cook's done, <laughs> but you know what i mean uh, yeah like gut shot or <laughs> yeah we'll get you on there so you can talk about something really really fucking stupid and fucked up whatever i decide maybe maybe ted the movie ted we're gonna be doing i am a i'm a boston guy so i can you know I'm a <laughs> i will i will we will talk to you again tell people where to find you alan i am at the ringer.com and i am on twitter at alan siegel la so a-l-a-n-s-i-e-g-e-l-l-a all right thanks for being here and we will see you all next week uh, I don't know what show's coming out, and I'm not even gonna fucking promise anything because who fucking knows? I'm I'm writing the doc now, so you're gonna fucking live. You're gonna get a show every single three shows a week. Still, it's insane. It's an insane amount of work I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye bye. Yeah, as you ain't dead with KTV, that new motion here. Uh, you want never this. I was at the Marriott smoking black mile in the elevator.
Some niggas made for the decisions where no man can save them. Everybody know me round my way, I'm a bonafide gangster gunslinger. I let it all broad day, them niggas were point fingers. What the fuck I look like being a hater? I made it happen for him. My little niggas started touching paper, I was happy for him. I was in the cell thinking I was coming home to you and me. How I was before they booked me, but how I was looking, it'll never be how I used to be. Come on, player. I tried to spare it, I don't wanna hurt you, but I'm out to blink Cause loyalty is the fucking virtue, until it ain't in the back of the Maybach paper plates Put up the drapes, we on a date I heard a nigga got the drop to my mama, how I go bitch you late Cause she been moved, big high, swimming pool with a lake I'm on a private jet, just me and bait We having dinner, and all nigga ain't no fucking beef I just come and get you, I'm about my issue I don't know about you, but I'm gon' deliver I'ma pop my pistol, I'ma hop out shoot, I'ma run go get him That little bitch say she ready to eat Bitch, you gon' wait, be with real killers every day We look each other in the face, ain't step no shit I left my footprints around the city That's fucked up what they did to young thug Can't let them get me, all freestyling this shit I say shit, I might as well just write it I'm a one-man army, I don't need no clay, need no indictments I grew up in a judicial system Sniping and fighting, in juvenile detention centers Inciting riots, in a studio two nights in Off a grandmother that melt While the whipping in my kitchen, sticks and glizzes on my shelf Treat the suburbs like the projects, turn the mansion to the trap highs Old pistol whipping the nigga, I ain't even notice I just black eyes, fully loaded, black eyes Three hundred, a coyote one, kept shooting that nigga, I black eyes Did it for my mom, my oldest son Everybody say I'm chosen one, the golden one The only one around my way that made it safe to say the nigga, no one's son Yeah, I'm a rapper, I smoke runs As you snatch and grab, walk your nigga to the trunk walk your bitch I'm at the Panthers Arena, I'm high as fuck My bitch looking like Ari and Tyena all at once This Drake gon' change the nigga demeanor as soon as I up Keep asking, I'ma tell you exactly who I done fuck Bitch, stay out your feelings, I don't be in your business by who you fuck I keep a little swoop, as soon as I dust them, get some new dust Stay at that bad, go get that sack all by myself Hit that intersection, unload it up, unloafing up Got plenty of routes, different directions, I'm never stressing And bitch, when I walk in this fucking room, don't ask no questions It's KTB, Kodak the boss, Kodak the blessing Kill that boy, kill that bitch too, anybody get it, everybody get it Got gang in her, everybody with me, catch a nigga where he ain't supposed to be You know I'ma kill him, and the friendship can't do nothing for me When it's by my business, if I catch me a nigga throwing up that Z Then you better be with it, catch that throwing up that Z, you better be with this shit